Thank you for listening to this audio recording from the pastoral team at Church of the Redeemer, an Anglican church in Greensboro, North Carolina. If you'd like to know more about Church of the Redeemer, its ministry, or its mission, then visit us online at RedeemerGSO.org. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart always be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Um, So I've been told I should always introduce myself because some of you don't know who I am. I am Ashley Davis. I was ordained as a deacon right before COVID in 2020. Yeah. Um, And um, it is my great joy to serve you in that capacity. Um, I also um, have just taken up the mantle of uh, pastoral care director, um, and you'll hear tones of that in the sermon. Um, so as Jared read to you already, um, we call tonight Monday Thursday because Monday comes from the Latin word mandatum, that sounds so fancy, which means commandment. And it's this night when Jesus breaks bread with his friends, and he tells them, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another just as I have loved you. You are also to love one another. When he gives them this command, he is pointing to the kind of sacrificial love that he just gave them by washing their feet. A love that is expressed through humility and self-giving. Jesus is also describing the sacrificial love he will display on the cross. Jesus Christ God from God, light from light, true God from true God, would humbly come to earth, put on flesh, and then out of love for us, would die on our behalf. It is this love, the pouring out of oneself for the benefit of others, that Jesus is calling us to. So we read these same passages every year. I think I've heard at least 30 or 35 sermons on this passage, so it's kind of hard to make it fresh. Um, but every year I still find deep meaning in it, and my heart still aches a little bit. So we go through this passion play. We reenact these last days of Jesus to remember his death, as we say in the Eucharist. It is important that we start the week off with Palm Sunday and follow the path of Jesus into Jerusalem, hailed as king, and it is important that we follow his actions now as he eats the Passover meal with his friends. And tonight, through this liturgy of washing feet, we place ourselves both in the role of Jesus, the servant, and the disciples who are, dis- who are served. We act it out so that we remember. So turn with me to this passage in John's Gospel. It's the beginning of chapter 13. Um, John approaches this week totally differently than all the other Gospels. Um, and he is the only one that records the foot washing. Um, he tells us that Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart out of this world to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end, and that is to the end of his life. And this love will express itself most deeply by his sacrificial death on the cross. But then Jesus does a strange thing. He gets up from the table and takes off his outer garment wraps a towel around his waist, and begins to wash his disciples' feet. Why would he do this? Luke tells us in chapter 22 that a dispute arose among them as to who was the greatest. Jesus is spending his last day with his disciples, their last meal together, and they are talking about who was the greatest? Really? 
aren't they so much like us? <laughs> Jesus needs to make sure they understand. So when I taught middle school, I learned that there are, there are visual learners, that is people who learn by seeing. There are auditory learners who learn by hearing. And there are people who are kinesthetic learners who learn by doing. And Jesus, the great teacher, hits all three tactics. Instead of engaging in their argument or correcting them or telling them a parable, he gets up, takes off his garment, wraps a towel around his waist, and begins to wash their feet. I think we might have the entire building washed by the end of this service. <laughs> we just need to go outside. Um, he humbles himself taking on a subservient role in serving because that is who Jesus is, a servant. Who is the greatest? Jesus says, the one who serves. Who is the greatest? Jesus says, the one who washes feet. Who is the greatest? The one who lays down his or her life for others. Who is the greatest? Those who love like Jesus loves, those who serve like Jesus serves. This washing, this taking on the role of a servant, this stripping of outer garments, and this sacrifice of self all points to the cross. On the cross, Jesus will be stripped. He will be executed as a servant's death and sacrifices his life for ours. So by washing the disciples' feet, even the feet of Judas, his betrayer. Jesus models for them and us his sacrificial love. Typically, washing was done by a household servant. Sometimes the women of the family would wash the feet of guests. And certainly, a student or disciple would wash his teacher's feet. That is why Peter reacts the way he does. He knows it is upside down. This is not how it's supposed to work. Lord, do you wash my feet? I'm so glad Jesus chose Peter as a disciple. We wouldn't know anything without Peter. He's asked dumb questions. He shouts out answers. He jumps out of boats. Don't you know all the disciples were waiting to see what Peter would say and do? Jesus answers him, What I am doing you do not understand now, but afterward you will understand. Jesus knows that Peter won't understand any of this until the crucifixion and the resurrection. But for now, the act of washing Peter's feet is enough. But Peter won't have it. You shall never wash my feet. Did he just tell Jesus what to do? Don't we all resonate with what Peter says? It's embarrassing to have someone wash our feet, especially someone you look up to and admire, and certainly in this context of hierarchy. And yet... Jesus calls each of us to have our feet washed by him, to be cleansed from our sin. It's so simple and that we don't have to do the hard work. Jesus does that by taking our place on the cross. And yet, it requires our egos and shame to be set aside, our fears and regrets laid bare, and our sins confessed. He calls us to come to him bare and vulnerable, to receive grace, something we don't earn and can't earn. But he's asking us to receive this grace from him with open and empty hands.
When Peter refuses, Jesus tells him, if I do not wash you, you have no share with me. Jesus is looking forward to the cleansing act of his death on the cross. This is the completeness of the washing. The cross is where Jesus' sacrificial love is made complete. When Peter hears Jesus, he is all in. He wants to fully commit to Jesus and tells him to wash his face and his hands too. And Jesus replies, and this was one of Zach's favorite verses as a 13-year-old boy, the one who is bathed does not need to wash except for his feet. (laughs) Here Jesus is trying to focus Peter back on what is important, his love for them through his willingness to humble himself and wash their feet. A guest would have bathed before coming to dinner, but a servant would have washed the guest's feet when he arrived as an act of hospitality to wash off the dust and mud on the road they would have gotten on their feet on the walk over. But Peter's demand does not just reveal he doesn't understand what is going on. It also shows that in Peter's overzealousness, he wants to control how Jesus washes him. Peter wants to control the gift and grace that Jesus is offering by first telling him no, and then by telling him how to do it. Does this attitude sound a little familiar? We do it all the time. We say no to grace because we think we don't deserve it. Guess what? We don't. We say no to grace because it embarrasses us. We say no to grace because we don't want to feel like we owe somebody. And, we, and if we do receive a gift of grace from the Lord, a friend, a stranger, we want to dictate how we receive it. So a good friend of mine, when she was um, having her second baby, had to go on bed rest for four months. And at the time, I was heading up the church meals for new moms, and I called her up to arrange them, and she was like, okay, I'm fine with people bringing meals, but I don't want the same people to bring me meals before I have the baby and after I have the baby. So I told my supervisor this, and she said, so your friend just wants part of God's grace? That comment has stuck with me for almost 20 years. How many times do I settle for part or half of God's grace? Do I think it's going to run out? Do you? Do you think sometimes that you've run out of God's grace and he's given up on you? If so, don't forget that Jesus is speaking to Peter who will deny him three times before daybreak. And don't miss it. Jesus washes Judas' feet just hours before he betrays him and facilitates Jesus' arrest. Jesus' grace is unending. It's limitless. Reverend Esau Macaulay speaks to this resistance to grace as well. He was raised a primitive Baptist before becoming an Anglican priest, and his church had foot washings once a month. So he writes that he and his friends would make a pact that they would make sure they would bathe really well, wear clean socks and shoes, and just a quick, quick wash. That was it. So he goes on to say, I knew from long experience that those Baptist foot washing services required a vulnerability many of us would rather avoid. But the very things we run from are what are needed to bring healing to our souls. Instead of receiving healing, we make the same deal I made with my friends. If you put on your best socks on foot washing Sunday, I will do the same. If you pretend you do not need help, I will pretend I do not need yours. We can fake it together. Why do we think that faking is better than healing? 
We can only receive true healing by being willing to wash dirty feet and by having our dirty feet washed. Healing comes by laying our hearts bare and by humbling ourselves like Jesus does. And when Jesus had finished washing the disciples' feet, he puts his outer garment back on and resumes the place of honor at the table. The master teacher, to drive his lesson home, asks, Do you know, do you understand what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you also should do, just as I have done to you. Truly, truly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Jesus gives them the answer of who is the greatest, the one who models his or her life on Jesus, who washes the the feet of his disciples. And tonight we get to follow the role of Jesus by washing someone's feet and the role of a disciple by having our feet washed. A new commandment I give you, that you love one another just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. When he gives them this command, he is pointing to the kind of sacrificial love that he just gave them by washing their feet, a love that is expressed through humility and self-giving. It is this humble, foot-washing love that Jesus is calling us to. It's the kind of love that has drawn millions and millions of people to say yes to the cleansing that Jesus offers. Will people be drawn to this church because of the sacrificial love we have for each other? I pray so. You may notice, as Jared pointed out, that at the end of this service, there is no dismissal. Uh, The deacon will not say, go in peace to love and serve the Lord until Easter. So these three services, Monday, Thursday, Good Friday, and Easter Vigil, are viewed by the church as one big service over three days. So you won't receive a dismissal until Easter. And even then, it probably will be a special one for Easter season. But the next time you hear a deacon say, go in peace to love and serve the Lord. I want you to think about this service and washing feet. This is how Jesus was calling us to love and serve him. Love and service are bound together in this act. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you also should do as I have done to you. Pray with me. Lord, our Heavenly Father, whose blessed Son came not to be served, but to serve. We ask you would give us strength and grace both to wash the feet of others and to receive your grace through the care of others. We pray that you would teach us how to humble ourselves in service and that you would cleanse us from all our sins for the sake of him who laid down his life for us, your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen.